good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. Are we going to start with show notes today, Kelly? As always. All right. Our next evening with mediums at the Hampton Inn in North Bay at 7 o'clock is August, but we're sold out. So if you're interested in tickets, you actually have to go onto the website by sarlow.com and purchase them for December 14th. And good luck, because I think there's only about 10 to 15 left. Yes. We have a second show called Sips of Sanity that's available on the website as well by sarlo.com. If you click under podcasts, you'll find it there. It's our mini show. It airs at the beginning of every month, Monday through Friday, and we pick five different little topics that all kind of wrap nicely together. Those are tools for your emotional intelligence toolbox and your intuitive toolbox. Gift certificates are on sale and can be purchased always through the website as well. If you're anywhere in the world and you would like to either have your own session or purchase a gift certificate for someone else, you can do so by calling us, find us at the website, and then pay for the gift certificate or your session, and it can be done through FaceTime, Skype, and telephone all over the world. So we're about two weeks after our Evening with Medium events that we just did in April, and we're sitting here debriefing about what happened. Mm-hmm. What an evening. So there's 60 people that come and sit in one room with the two of us and they get to experience what it's like to have two mediums together, two medical intuitives, two psychics, two energy healers, and a life coach. And so we sit down as mom and daughter and channel for people in the room as a group. So it doesn't mean that every single person can be read at that time and it doesn't mean that they don't have boundaries. So I guess we should begin by saying that each person still can set boundaries, even though it's a group session. They can say no thank you to any type of information that we might bring them. This particular evening started for me early in the morning. Remember when I woke up? Mm -hmm. Um, I just had a really horrible day. I felt so much anxiety and panic attacks. I felt at times depression. At other times, I felt happy and free and light. But for the most part, constant anxiety and depression. And I wanted to lay down, I wanted to sleep, I would try and move along through the morning through the early afternoon, and try and get things done. And I had such a hard time doing anything. So I would go and I would lay down. I think I went to my treatment table four or five times. And I remember at times wanting to die, wanting to sleep, wanting to be just out of my body, not wanting to experience what I was going through. And I think that can be something that people who have anxiety and depression could say, yeah, I get that. That's what that is. So that that's okay. I think I understood that part of it. But I would lay down on the treatment table And I wouldn't feel parts of my body. I would feel like my muscles were so heavy that I couldn't lift them. And at one time, I put my hands on my belly. And I just remember sitting them on top, not on top of each other, but one beside the other, and they disappear. I couldn't feel them. And I know that's normal if you're journeying, that you don't feel your body. But this felt different. And I remember thinking, is that my brother? Is that, is that Morris that died of MS? And I remember thinking, 
Morris, is that you? Like, am I just picking up your stuff? Am I just connecting with you? And he popped in and he said, nope. And I said, well, what is it? And he goes, you'll see later. Later in the day, around two, maybe three o'clock, I went and laid down on my bed. And during that time when I was laying on my bed, I fell asleep. I actually went right into a sleep and I asked the spirit guides to help me because I didn't know how I was going to manage to go through the evening feeling that way and trying to channel and be on my game for everybody else. And I remembered being nervous to say to you, I didn't know that I could do it and disappointing you, but also just not being me, like just, just not feeling like myself. So I woke up from that nap, the doorbell rang with Perlator at the door. And I just remember when I woke up at that point, I felt like I was actually me again. I felt like I was okay. And so I just thought I need to remember all of that, the heaviness of the muscles, them not wanting to move my anxiety over it, and then just let it go, go on with the day until we can get to the to the event and see what's if it's going to play out there or not. Because I remember thinking, will it come through tonight? Or will it come through tomorrow? Because the next afternoon I had clients booked. And sometimes you and I get stuff like a whole day and more sometimes in advance. So I was kind of anxious to place it. So there was that. There was that little piece. Do you have anything you want to say about before the event that day? Because you had to work that day. Well, I remember you specifically telling me that you wanted to cry all day. Yeah. And that you didn't feel like there was much to live for. Mm. And then being panicked and feeling overjoyed and feeling very confused about the conflicting emotions. Yeah, well, that is, that is conflicting. Yeah. From one minute to the next, you were saying life wasn't worth living and I have to stay alive. Oh. So it went back and forth all day as well. Oh, I just, what a very difficult thing. And I imagine some people can understand that. And, and if you're listening and, and you can imagine that or you've been through that and you know that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to that you are feeling that way. Okay. So was there anything for you that day before the event, before we went, hun? I know that entire day I was still working two other jobs and I remembered falling to my left a lot. I remember being oh, yeah. very dizzy, um, kind of that swooshing feeling almost like in a circular motion, but I was always tilting to my left and I had to self-correct a lot throughout the day. I remember you saying that. And I just remembered, okay, I'll keep this in mind. I, it could be my exhaustion, but it could also be tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, are you ready? We're going to proceed. We get in the car. We've packed everything up. We drive over to the Hampton Inn. Amanda's already there ahead of us setting everything up for us. So we pull into Tim Hortons and get our coffee, drive over to the event. And when you and I arrive, we go into a private room. We don't go into the room where Amanda is setting everything up for everybody. So we go sit in a separate room beside the room where everyone's going to be. You're giving our location away. <laughs> I am, but the door is closed. And locked. <laughs> and locked. And we sit in there and have a coffee together. Ish. Okay. We normally debate about whether or not we have to go to the washroom. <laughs> you usually dance. Yes, we pl sometimes I like like I play music, but it's not something that I think 
No, maybe it is. Maybe people will say, you're absolutely right. So let's leave it at that. So we were sitting in that room and we take a pen and paper. We sit it on the desk in front of us and we let things start to channel half hour before the event. Now people are listening that we're channeling things for that event a day before and all of that day. We're just making notes that quickly. That's our first time that we actually start writing things down for people. So we each have a clipboard and we start jotting on that what we're getting, meaning what we feel, how we behave, what we're thinking. So at this period of time, do you find, Kelly, that you're more apt to pay attention that it's not your own thoughts, that it's coming in information? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think being in an isolated room with you, it allows me to understand what is and isn't mine. Good. I'm not having to run from job to job at that point and interact with different humans. Except the bowel movements, Kelly. I I never get that one right. (laughs) Because I think every single time we are in that half hour. I think we poop like three times. Both of us. And sometimes it has to do with that it's going to come through that night that there's a client that has something with bowel issues. But it's always significant what type of bowel movement it is. Oh my God. No, it is so. No, I know. It's important whether the person was constipated all the time or whether they had diarrhea or like every single thing about that can be so uh, necessary in detail for the person in the room who says, yes, that was my husband or so-and-so. And I assume that if people are just tuning in, there's probably a lot of confusion because we advertise this as a medium event. And what we're describing right now is more of the synesthesia, where we feel and experience what other people feel. Right. So our bowel movements, as odd as it sounds, is extremely similar to their situation. The person in the room? Correct. And for the people who've died. Yes. So if somebody who has died had bowel cancer, and they had particular symptoms with that, or they had Crohn's, or whatever it is... You and I feel that and we experience it. Mm -hmm. So then we head into the room and we're greeted with 60 people staring at us. Very intimidating. You can feel all of their anticipation, all of their desires of what they want from us, right? Yeah. I think I actually went to the back of the room to get a glass of water, realized how quiet it was in the room with their, with their anxiety and and nervousness. And I think I said something like, Ooh, please talk. You're nervous. (laughs) Well, I think it's also, too, a, a, sh- a sign of respect, mm, right? That's nice. I didn't think of that. I thought about their nervousness, but that's kind. Well, yeah, because they're, I hate calling ourselves an event, but there's the main event. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be quiet, you know? Yeah. It's like when you're anticipating someone coming on for a concert. That's nice, Kelly. I, I, I hadn't put my head there because it's it's just you and I. So like my head didn't go to something like that. I just think I'm going in and I'm talking. My daughter and I are going to sit down and talk with people and dead people. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Just like every other day. Mm -hmm. I I can recall that you were going through the consent process. And when you're sitting there talking to people and saying what we do and that they have the right to consent or to decline, that... The information from the spirit world continues to come in, but it comes in a lot faster for me now. And I have to write down on the piece of paper very quickly what I see, what I hear, what I smell, what I taste, what I feel, what I know, and what I get through synesthesia. So all of that goes down on the page and it can be orderly sometimes and sometimes it's scattered. And I've noticed too sometimes that 
if somebody who's crossed over has difficulty with writing, my writing will change. Um, anyway, a variety of things. When you finished consent and you said, okay, mom, you go, you can start. I stood up and I told them that I had had a really bad day. Yeah, you ran through everything you've just described to us. Okay. There was a lady to my right who put her hand up to confirm that she had visited her brother that day and he had been diagnosed with ALS and that his wife had had a baby, which explained the up and down feelings that I had of joy, anxiety, depression, Mm -hmm. and the feeling in the body of the muscle issues, feeling trapped. I remember that being the start of this of the evening of mediums. Mm-hmm. I think it got quieter at that as well. Yeah, well, that's pretty serious and heavy. I can't imagine anything more serious than that kind of news. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really great starting point for the event, not just for the sake of the podcast, but she had asked the question when she put her hand up to say, you know, I think that's me. But she asked, is it possible that we can get information for someone who's not here? Yeah. So not at the event. And absolutely people do. I do remember after that first message, because it usually happens that you give the first one and then we sort of go back and forth. But I remember not being able to get a word in edgewise. (laughs) And that's okay. I'm 100% fine with that because I watch how vigorously you write when I'm doing the consent process like you mentioned. And I know what it takes to hear it and know that you're going to forget it soon and need to get it out. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Of course. And I know over the course of the night, you danced with three different dead men. And they got progressively better with rhythm, I thought. And I remember people laughing at you. So the first one was very like an Elaine from Seinfeld dance where you literally kicked up the leg. Yeah. Kelly, I remember being back in the room prior to the event. And I don't remember what music was put on, but we played a song and I got up again and I have this compulsion or this, this, this feeling where I got to move. I get agitated, irritated, whatever it is, I just got to move. And it isn't to dance the way that I would normally dance. But it was the way that this gentleman wanted to dance. So I remember standing in front of you and not moving my shoulders or my hips, but moving my hands, Your elbows, and arms, and my hands and fists, yes. like in circular in motions. <laughs> And then I raised my right leg. And like you said, like Elaine Bennis, I gave like a kick sideways, I think. eh? So I remember doing that in that room. And then I recall standing in front of the group where I got up and I had to dance again. And I have to tell you, I feel so self-conscious when I have to dance in front of 60 people. I know, but it adds to the cuteness. I think a lot of people enjoy your hesitation or your obvious hesitation as you're still moving and honoring what the spirit world has asked for. Oh, yeah, because there's this tremendous embarrassment on my part to be dancing a way that I would not dance, but that very much have to honor and want to honor the person who's crossed over. Because if I get any part of the dance wrong, the person in the audience who's the family member might sit there and think, hmm kind of like the way my dad danced but I'm not getting up that's it's not it's not a hundred percent and people want the 100 percent the way he lifted his leg the way he cracked it a certain way if he did that before he shook his his hands like little fists 
it's all important. And I can really value for the person who's crossed over first, that I want to do it right for them. Mm -hmm. I want to do it right for the deceased. Because that to me is the relationship that that we have with them, the respect we have that they're working hard to give us that message. Don't screw it up. And then the beauty of when you see the person's face, the person in the audience that says and puts up their hand and goes, that's my dad. Mm -hmm. And and just the the relief, the happiness, sometimes a little bit of sadness, but really and honestly, the absolute joy you see on their face to watch their dad's dance come through this woman that has never met them, mm-hmm. has never seen their dad dance. And I, I just remember the beautiful feeling that I get from them. So you said there were other dances in the evening? Yeah, and I don't remember who they belong to, but I, like I said, I do remember them getting progressively better. One was more of a rhythm freestyle, and then the last one was ballroom, and it was beautiful. I remember the ballroom one, Kelly, because you were doing a session for somebody. You were giving messages, and then you said, okay, I'm done. Go, Mom. And I remember saying, Lori, in a sing, like, exactly like that. And then I remember this woman's voice coming through my throat. Lori, it's mom. And a woman to the left put up her hand and said, I'm Lori. Mm -hmm. My mom passed. I came to see my mom. And two women were sitting together. And I remember when I approached those two women, when I stood up and walked towards them, that there were actually two women standing behind them, both saying that they were each their mothers. Mm Mm-hmm. So I remember saying to the ladies, oh, okay, you're not sisters, but you came together. And they said, yes, we've been best friends for 40 years. And I said, well, both your moms are behind you. They both want to come through to talk to the two of you. And then I remember her dad and mom wanted me to do the two-step. They wanted me to do um, like the samba and the rumba and the cha-cha and, and all of these things, that these ballroom dances. And So my feet just started going and I started dancing around in the center of the room doing all the ballroom dances. And I said, your parents love to dance together. And she said, yes. Mm -hmm. And that was one of her fine or fun memories of her mom and dad loving each other and feeling that love, which I really like that, eh? Mm -hmm. When you think that's her example of love. Yeah. When you think about your mom and dad hugging each other and dancing around in the kitchen or the living room how much that will mean to you for the rest of your life, eh? I can only imagine. Okay. (laughs) I will do better. No, no, that's not the message. (laughs) No, no. But it is part of the joy, right? Because of the things that we don't have in our own personal lives, you and I, we get to see and experience through others. Absolutely. So the same way that Lori gets to look at her parents and go, oh, that's what love looks like. You and I have every opportunity channeling for her to go, oh, that's what love looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I go now? Absolutely. I do remember writing baby boy on my page with the number three. And I had written, you're forgetting. You're still called mom. I did fine. You still need to grow up. And I saw a blue umbilical cord. Oh, dear. And it was just so much information to place but the crowd was really wonderful that night and allowed me 
to kind of work through it and narrow down who I was talking to. And it ended up being a younger woman on my left. And the baby boy would have been her brother. So there were three in total. The mom is still called mom, even though she lost her son, mm-hmm. which helps me make sense of the message. Mm-hmm. And the message had been that she had not grown up with emotional intelligence. And even though she was a grown woman, she still hadn't acquired it. Mm. And that she was still playing the role of mom and not willing to kind of come outside of it. And he was there to remind her that he was still her child and that it was time. And his affirmation, because the sister was the only one in the audience, he said, mom's umbilical cord or yours turned blue during your birth. And she said, yes, her mom had at some point relayed that information to her. So she was able to confirm it. And he said, I was there for your birth. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And, and energetically, not as a human. Right. And she, I, I don't know that she actually cried, but I saw a few tears just knowing that her, her energetic brother was there to witness that. To witness her birth. Mm-hmm. Well, he wasn't here for it. Yeah. But was in spirit. Yes. And to also know that she has another sibling who's on her side trying to call their mom out on her own shortcomings or her own uh, ways of digging in her heels to not grow. And that's what we want from siblings. We want to know that they're on our side. Yeah. When we're doing the hard work to call our parents out on something. Oh, yeah. Because what a challenge it is to call our parents out when we grow up believing we're not supposed to if they raise us that way, that mom and dad know best, not us. So I'm going to recall a story for you for a moment. You had been talking to a group of three women. We had other messages for one of the sisters, but it moved to the sister on the outside in the aisle seat. And you had asked her if she had a question because her her other sisters kind of got the messages. And she said, yeah, I want to hear from my dog. And you had said that she had made the right decision in putting him down, that he was on the other side and loved her and that she could let go of the guilt. The guilt. Mm-hmm. Okay. She wasn't sure if she made the right decision in letting him go. Oh, I see. And you ended up, we give these little feedback cards at the beginning of the night, and we asked them to kind of write feedback um, about the event or their experience. And she submitted one. Okay. Pardon me, her sister submitted one. Okay, I'll, I'll read it. It says, thank you for telling my sister about her dog. She has been so upset about losing him over a year ago. She came here tonight hoping to hear about him. Thank you so much. Maybe now she will have closure. Smiley face. <laughs> Isn't that cute? Yeah. And I and I love that her loved one wrote the testimonial. Yeah. That while she might just be receiving and processing and in her own world, mm-hmm. someone else acknowledged what it did for her. Yeah. That means a lot to us. Oh, absolutely. I know too, I had... Toward the end of the night, I had said to people, I have a harder message. And if no one wants to claim it in in the room, you're more than welcome to approach me later. Uh, It was about sexual abuse, that she had been wanting to forget about it, and that her abuser did not only abuse her. Which doesn't sound like a big message. Oh, it does to me. Well, and I, I want to break this down because some people might think, oh, well, it doesn't everyone. But you may not know that as the victim. Right. You might think it's only me. Oh, yes. So okay. that meant that the person receiving the message had to know in order to affirm it. Mm-hmm. So no one did claim it at, at the evening. And as soon as we dismissed, 
I had someone run right up to me and say, thank you. That was my sister. She needed to hear that. And she said, can you please reach out to her? And I said, absolutely not. When she is ready, that will be that will be her journey and I'll be there to meet her if she wants me specifically right. um, because that's that's everyone's individual process that they go through that's a huge vulnerability that you have to be ready for yeah and I also ended up receiving and I'm not sure if it's the same person but I received a feedback card as well that said my uncle I think I have repressed what he did to me he has passed I had been wondering if it was him coming through tonight I know he did it to others and I just thought how brave mm-hmm. I, I have to comment or I choose to comment excuse me I choose to comment Kelly on how you handled that that night because I remember a real shift in the room when you said that you had a difficult message you gave people the choice to be able to come forward you also gave them a beautiful choice to be able to approach you later by email. And it is one of the reasons we do put business cards on all the chairs Mm -hmm. and the feedback cards so that people who don't want to speak up during the evening with mediums but do want to reach out to us know how to get us. Mm -hmm. And that they, as you said, they can do it in their own timing when it's good for them. Because it is process what we go through when we have to acknowledge or choose to acknowledge something that's occurred. Thank you. So I thought you did that like beautifully. I appreciate that. So I know that you're reading on your sheet, remembering what your affirmations were and what your messages were. And I know that that's difficult for both of us. So you had mentioned that the next one on your list is Paul. Yeah, I just remember that uh, there was a man calling me to the right side of the room and he kept yelling, I'm Paul, I'm Paul. So there were two Pauls and oh. they were one behind each other or one in front, one behind. Mm-hmm. Paul's loved ones obviously Paul was the one that that had died and the one in front it was a young woman who came forward and said I believe that's that's mine Mm -hmm. and it was all about him um, being in theater being expressive and he had mentioned that he was getting the notes oh and he was I'll say roughly like a stepdad to this young woman or her mom's partner because she's she's a grown adult. Yeah. And he had said, I get her notes. And she said, yeah, my mom writes to him. Oh, nice. And she writes him little to do's. And he says, it's always updating. <laughs> and she tells him where to go and who to look after. <laughs> and he just had mentioned to her that he, he gets them all and he, he does what she says. Oh, isn't that lovely? Yeah. That's comforting. Mm-hmm. And what was the second, Paul? The Paul behind the first one was with regards to, I believe it was a sister that was there. I could be wrong about that one. He was in a car accident Mm. and he had passed and she had wanted to know if it was his fault. His fault? Yeah. She asked if it was his fault and he came through and said, yes. Now, as psychics, when we get information that we can't confirm by humans then we go back and ask for something that we can confirm from past or present right and he said she has children yes it's my fault oh and did she have children and she did okay yeah so they came through simultaneously Uh, yeah i find that happens in the events sometimes and quite often where they will sit in the same area it doesn't always occur but i thought that was really neat that the two that the two paul's were front to back A little later in the evening, I got a grandmother in reference to my age, I'll say, because 
she's someone's mother in the group as well. She came through and said, it's raining Christmas. Oh, yeah. And Christmas was her day. <laughs> then it became her season. It kind of vomited on every place <laughs> yes. that she lived in. Uh, and it was it was her time of year. And, and nobody was going to steal it from her. <laughs> yeah. And she had come through to say that people were carrying forth the tradition, but that she had seen that the trees had changed. Oh. So what they gathered around had shifted. And she liked that it was changing. But she did mention that had she still been alive, there's no how, there's no way on earth that that would have been allowed. That she was very strict in her traditions. But she was acknowledging to her daughter and her granddaughter in the crowd that she was thankful that her own daughter was trying to move forward and be more open than she was. And she acknowledged her granddaughter for kind of guiding her in that way. And she acknowledged that it does take work and that her grandchildren really have to stay on her daughter about it, but that she was able to get to a different place than she herself was. Oh, that's huge for people to listen to. Mm -hmm. I like what a beautiful contract between all of these women to change things. Yeah, because I mean, hopefully you're hearing it's not just about Christmas. This is about ways of thinking. We've been talking a lot about growth versus fixed mindset. Yeah. And so you're seeing a beautiful one there, right? Where the grandmother's very fixed. The daughter who's middle-aged, I guess now, is shifting from fixed to growth. And the younger daughter, your age, is in a growth mindset, mm-hmm. helping her mom. Putting the carrot in front of her and yeah. putting a little bit further. Oh, that's wonderful. What a beautiful love story that is. I think I want to say that I really appreciate the spirit world for pushing me outside of my own fixed mindset and outside of my own fears. In standing up in front of 60 people I've never met, not a professional dancer, or actor, actress, or anything like that. But they've certainly... all 60 people can vouch for you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is true. Um, But they pushed me outside of my comfort zone to be able to stand up and just be in the space where love means more than my ego. Mm Mm-hmm where it means more to have the humans connect to their loved ones than it does for me to worry about what I look like or what people are going to perceive of me, including when people leave the event and are perhaps going home or out for cocktails with somebody or whatever. What you do tonight? I went and saw mediums and, you know, she got up and danced and she flicked her leg and people might say, that's stupid. That's dumb. Or, or make fun of it or, or be disrespectful of what occurred in the room without really understanding it in any way, shape or form. And I still don't care because so long as the person who crossed over is happy with it and the person in the, in the family on earth who is looking for some connection, then I'm okay with that relationship. Oh, the last message. Can we talk about that one? Yeah. I don't know what this is. So you came to two women in the back and her, it was the husband slash father that had come through. And little did you know when you were channeling that the daughter had come to see you for a session over a year ago Mm -hmm. and you were talking to her and saying, oh, there's a crow. He's a bird. And she said, yeah, you actually told me that a year ago. <laughs> and when I, sometime after she left, she had run into a bird and thought, oh, there's dad. <laughs> 
And I had been channeling for her as well saying, oh, someone just passed a test. But she was like, oh, well, no, like I just got a new job. And I was like, no, it's not a new job. You passed a test. And then when she said, oh, yes, this crow appeared and I, you know, I wondered if it was dad, but I thought that can't be. And I I said, no, that was the passing of the test when you acknowledged it was your father. Cool. She really enjoyed that. It was neat to see her shift from like disbelief into, oh, yeah. Kelly, was she the one that when I said he he says he's a crow, she went, you didn't just say that. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, <laughs> she kind of she had such a cool reaction in the room. I mm-hmm. think, eh? Yeah. Where everybody can kind of have that. Yeah, that's how I feel when. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah, that didn't just happen. <laughs> it's the feeling that you come for, though. Absolutely. The last one that I want to do is the feeling that I had had before the the night happened, and that was the kind of falling to the left and being really dizzy. And it ended up being a woman directly in front of me who actually, I think I had written down left side not working or leaning to the left. And she's having ocular problems in the left hand side. She does have dizziness and leans to the left. And the guides had come through to say, you should not be driving. And she said, well, I am. And I said, well, that wasn't the message. I remember this. I said, the message is that you should not be driving. And I said, and I'm not the first person to tell you this. Yeah, and, and she confirmed that. Yes, and her sisters sitting next to her confirmed it. And they kept shaking their head, yes, 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 like you go, yep. Kelly, because and she didn't want to hear this. No, and she laughed, and I said, this isn't funny. There's 59 people in this room right now who do not think it's funny that you're driving because they're getting into a vehicle after this, too. That's right. And I said, your stubbornness is not a funny trait. Your stubbornness is now a dangerous trait. Yeah, that's an important thing. Like, I, I don't know that we always pay attention when we don't want to hear something. Mm-hmm. We don't think there's a, a danger involved. My vision has changed. The doctor says I shouldn't be driving or, you know, this, yeah, whatever. I, my, I get, get by. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to give up my license. I've got some Alzheimer's starting. I've been diagnosed or there's dementia here, but I'm fine. And so because I'm fine, that whole little... I'm getting into my stubbornness and I'm not going to lose what I want in life. I'm okay to go out and put other people at jeopardy. I don't give a shit Mm -hmm. until something bad happens. eh. And then if I can brush it off, I will. If it doesn't affect me and it ruins their life and not mine. Oh, well, I think there are people that live at that level. Yeah. Every day they live at that level unless a legal system is going to come in and smack them. Mm hmm. And and boy, she heard it. And then did she not kind of take it at one point? She and did. Thank you. Like she yeah. really turned in that. Yeah. And, and really started listening to you. Yeah, because more of it came through about the rest of her physical body and oh. how she was in pain pretty much from head to toe. Oh, And dear. specifically pelvic next to the ocular, I think, was the second biggest issue. Yeah. And it all had to do with the amount of people pleasing that she had done and that she couldn't get out of the role of being a pleaser. Oh, which would also explain why she doesn't want to give up a license if she's yeah. people pleasing. Because now how is she going to fulfill that if she can't run around for people? Oh, yeah. I understand that there are always reasons. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going through the motions of how we think as humans yeah. until we're really where we're really confronted by something that has to finally mean something to us. Yeah. That was a big night. Yeah. I think they're always big nights. I know there's always heavy messages mixed in with the the fun and lighthearted ones. Yeah. I find that all the time in those evenings as well. Mm-hmm. I had gotten messages about doodles as well. And I it was about dogs and a dog being passed. And no one really 
No one really responded that night. I got five emails after the event. Really? Yeah. Where I think like some of the other ones, they went home and went, oh my God, that's my sister's dog. Oh my oh, God, that's my yeah. my neighbor's dog, which I walked, right? Um, there were quite a few emails afterwards that had just said, do you remember what the message was? Because I always tell people, even though you may not want to claim it at the evening, you always run the risk of me not even remembering what the message is. Yeah. I think it's good for people to hear that when you're at a public event like that, that we can come forth and say, I have a message about a, a labradoodle or whatever, a doodle, and nobody responds and they think they're wrong. Oh, yeah. Or they're no good or they didn't get something. And so peop some people sit there and think that, but I know for certain that our regulars don't even entertain that thought. Yeah. Always, I find at some point later that evening when we get home or in the next couple of days, it always comes to pass that we figure those things out because people will email us afterwards and let us know how it got placed somehow. Mm -hmm. So the people at the event all, don't always find out, but we do. I do my best to say that in the consent process, but I think like you're saying, if you're just coming once, you don't necessarily see or hear about that. Mm -hmm. That's a good point though. And it is something that we look forward to within that kind of 24-hour time frame afterwards because those things still sit with us. We do go home and wonder, okay, where did, th where did that exist? Yeah, you want to place it so you can let it go and get on to the next message. Mm -hmm. Because good Lord, there's always the next message. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now, sold out for August, coming up at the end of uh, that month. Yeah, and very few tickets left for December, which is just fantastic. Mm-hmm really exciting for us so Kelly um we're at the end of the podcast so I just want to say how fun it is to do those events with you yeah same it's what I look forward to the most is working with you mm -hmm. me too it's different than the one-on-one -on -one sessions and I and I think as each event goes on I'd like to always continue these podcasts within the next couple of days afterwards so that we can share them with people so they can understand perhaps when they're going to an event on their own and also the fixed mindset versus the open mindset mm -hmm. and the growth that people can have by coming to the events and listening to other people's messages too. Not just sitting there and saying, well, if I don't get my own, I didn't get anything. Yeah. So many people come up and say, I didn't get any messages tonight, but I learned so much. Mm -hmm. That's good. I think maybe you've already said this, but knowing, listening to the podcast and understanding that you can come and know that you won't be singled out. Mm -hmm. Know that the fear that you might have walking into it doesn't need to sit there. Yeah. That there is respect, that there are boundaries, and that the people in the room, when they hear those difficult messages, immediately send you love. Yes. You can feel that in the room. You can feel the compassion. Mm -hmm. And when other people are upset or embarrassed, you can see that everybody feels it for them. It's a good, it's a good human experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of connecting to each other, eh? Yeah. So we'll keep debriefing after our events. So hopefully if you don't grab tickets to the events, you can still hear about them and, and take your own notes. Okay. Sounds good. So if you have questions about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have a wonderful weekend.